Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. It's shaping up to be a hot political season here in Rhode Island with races for governor, the 2nd Congressional District, and plenty of other local contests. So Suffolk University and the Boston Globe teamed up to see what Rhode Islanders think about the major issues and the major candidates. Our columnist Dan McGowan is here to tell us about the results after this quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Welcome back. I'm here with our very own Dan McGowan to learn more about the results of a new poll by Suffolk University and the Boston Globe. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, Ed. You know, for political reporters like us, this is like Christmas morning in the summertime. So before we unwrap the presents, tell us when was the poll done, what races did we look at, and what topics did it cover? The poll was taken between June 19th and June 22nd. So relatively recently, we pulled 800 likely general election voters in the state. Now, we also did some smaller samples. So we looked at the Democratic primary for governor. That's a little bit smaller. It's about 353 people. We have our first look at how Republican congressional candidate in the second district, Alan Fung, fares against each of the Democratic primary candidates. We've got 423 people surveyed there. But beyond just the kind of the political matchups, governor, congressional district, we looked at a wide range of issues, you know, a ban on semi-automatic assault weapons. We looked at how inflation is really hurting Rhode Islanders. So it's pretty wide ranging, lots of issues, lots of politics. Like you said, it's kind of perfect for guys like you and I. Let's start with the governor's race. What were the top line results in the Democratic primary for governor? Well, I suppose the the number one thing that you you know you can't ignore is who's in the lead. Nellie Gorbea, the Secretary of State, who you know has been maintaining that she's either in the lead or right there, has about twenty four percent in our poll. 
Dan McKee, the incumbent governor, is at about 20%. But then there's another really interesting storyline. It's the momentum for Helena Folks, the former CVS executive, who is now around 16%. You know, previous polls that we've seen, Channel 12 did a poll. She was in the you know mid-single digits, and she spent a lot of money on television going on air with commercials over the last month. And it's paying off, clearly. She, she's right there. And so what do you attribute her surge to? I mean, very clearly, people just didn't know she was, I think, a month and a half ago or a month ago. She's been on air. She spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on television commercials. As much as I think some of us think, oh, everybody's cutting back on watching television, it still matters. It helps with name recognition, that sort of thing. So clearly, voters are starting to pay a little more attention at least some of them like what she's saying. So there's lots of good news in the poll for Helena folks, but there's also some bad news, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a major red flag, I think, for the folks campaign. She is barely registering with black and Latino voters in our poll. While you can win in Rhode Island by kind of winning the majority of white Democrats, it always helps to have uh, people of color. And so she's really struggling. Yeah, and it's going to be hard for her to make that up because she's running against Nelly Gorbea, a candidate who would be the first Latina elected governor in New England, the first Puerto Rican-born governor stateside, and Governor McKee, tell us about how he's doing. He's doing very well. Yeah, he is. And this is something Governor McKee has always used this as kind of a surprising level of strength. He's always been a strong supporter of school reform. And that's an issue that plays incredibly well among minority voters. And so he's going to be able to kind of stake his claim with that part of the electorate. What did the poll show us about what Rhode Islanders think of the job that McKee is doing as governor? Here's the interesting thing about Governor McKee. 40% of voters say they approve of the job he's doing. Only 375 say they disapprove. So Dan McKee actually, I think, will come away seeing a little bit of light here to say, you know what, I can convince 20% of people that I'm doing a good job. Remember, one thing Governor McKee hasn't done, Governor McKee's benefit so far is he's on TV every day, you know, with lots of earned media. He gets, he's, he's in the news. You'd be, just by being the governor, you're very relevant. He hasn't spent a dollar telling his own story just yet, right? He's going to have a story to tell about getting gun, you know, the gun bills passed. You know, he's got a budget that makes people mostly pretty happy. And so he's going to spend the summer, you know, probably spending a lot of money to really try to raise that approval rating. And usually you would say, if your approval rating ticks up, that's a really good sign that you might be reelected. Dan, we're about to go into July. There's not a whole lot of time left. How many people haven't made up their mind on this governor's race? Still a very big number. 31% of voters have not made their decision in that Democratic primary for governor, and you just nailed it. Less than 90 days to go, and there's still a lot of folks out there who are up for grabs in the eyes of these candidates. So let's turn to the other marquee race in Rhode Island this year. The second congressional district, U.S. Representative Jim Langevin announced he's not seeking re-election. We've got six Democratic candidates running in the primary. Tell us what the poll results were in that race. Well, this is really exciting because we talked about the Channel 12 Roger Williams poll before. What they did was they looked at the Democratic primary and said, you know, how does um, or how do the, the six candidates there fare against each other? We did a little bit of that, but it was really small sample size. We really wanted to get a large number of congressional district two voters 
in the general election against the perceived frontrunner on the Republican side, Alan Fung. And so we literally asked Alan Fung against Seth Magaziner, Alan Fung against Joy Fox. The story to tell here is probably not that much of a surprise. Alan Fung has a lead everywhere against every single candidate across the board. He's somewhere in that 45, 44% range against every candidate. So he's close to that magic number of 50%. He's very close. The closest one with him, probably also not a surprise, is the treasurer, Seth Magaziner, who's widely seen as the favorite on that primary side. They're at uh, basically 45, 38 is how that poll breaks down currently with Alan Fung in the lead. Now, here's the big takeaway, though. Alan Fung against Seth Magaziner among independents is 58 to 20. So if you're going to win this race, if you're Seth Magaziner and you're going to get out of that primary, you're going to have to start to pull some independent voters back your way. You don't have to win the independent voters because there's plenty of Democrats out there, but you got to do well among independents. So this is a big deal, right? I mean, there are no other Republicans in the House in New England. There's only Senator Collins on the Senate side. I mean, is this going to set off alarm bells for Democrats to see these results? Well, it's interesting. I think it will set off alarm bells nationally because I think everybody looks at this. If you're just swooping in for the first time, even the guys that polled for us, Suffolk University, doesn't have a long history of looking at Rhode Island. And they said, boy, this is a national story. A Republican might win a congressional seat in Rhode Island. I think for you and I and folks who pay close attention to this, including the candidates for Congress on the Democratic side, they've been sounding the alarm about this the entire time. Alan Fung is a very viable candidate. He's popular. He was a good mayor of Cranston. People like him. He's considered pretty moderate. Seth Magaziner is essentially skipping over this primary. He barely pays attention to his opponents in the primary, and he continues to kind of go after Alan Fung to say Democrats have to get behind a candidate to really be a force against the popular Republican. Now, these poll results were conducted before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Will that cut against Fung's strength in this race? It would be hard to imagine that it wouldn't cut against his strength just because given sort of where Rhode Island tends to be a very blue state, a very pro-women's health rights and things like that, this becomes a major challenge, I think, for Mayor Fung. He would love this race to be kind of a referendum on himself as the mayor of Cranston compared to, you know, the Joe Biden presidency. Now he's going to have to talk and he's going to have to find a way to explain, you know, why he hasn't been as supportive on, you know, women's reproductive rights as a Seth Magaziner or a Joy Fox. And tell us what the poll showed us about Joe Biden. I think he might weep openly if he saw these poll results. Yeah, I mean, you think Joe Biden and, and just any Democratic president, you know, Rhode Island is supposed to be their turf, right? How many presidents have you and I covered coming to Rhode Island to cheerlead for, you know, whoever the, the member of Congress or the governor is? You know, you look at these numbers in Rhode Island. This is the overall electorate. It's not just Democrats. Almost 39% of people approve of the job he's doing as president. 52.5% disapprove. But get this. We asked the follow-up question to this. Should President Biden run for re-election? Only 22% of voters say that they think he should run for re-election. 68.8% of people do not think Joe Biden should be the, the Democratic nominee for president in 2024. That's in Rhode Island. Can wow. you imagine where yeah. this is in the middle of the country? Right, right, right. Any issue-based topics that surprised you? Yeah, there are two kind of subset of questions that I think are really important. One, we asked very clearly, what's the number one issue 
in the governor's race. That was far and away cost of living. More than 32% of voters say that's the number one issue for them as they consider a candidate in the governor's race. Education and healthcare are the only two other things that pull even in double digits for them. So then what's the logical question? How are you changing your life when it comes to cost of living, when it comes to inflation, you know, grocery costs going up, things like that? And this was startling. You know, you've got 63% of people saying they go out to eat less often right now. You've got 65% saying they're clothes shopping less. But even, you know, even more common topics, driving less. 59% of people say they're driving Not less the because, of, because of the sure. gas prices. Yeah. So, you know, we, we wanted to see, you know, how are your habits changing? I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking. We're into the summer. We're all thinking about summer vacations. Half of voters are saying that they've had to cancel travel plans or they've postponed vacation plans largely because of the cost. And you mentioned the gun bills that were just signed into law, the most significant probably being a limit on magazine capacity to 10 rounds. The poll asked about another proposal on gun legislation. Tell us about that and what the findings were. The benefit of you know knowing when we were going into the field with this poll was we knew what bills were already going to pass because they had already passed in the General Assembly and, you know, we're already on track to being signed into law. The one bill that we know was not, you know, really discussed this session was bans on semi-automatic assault-style weapons like the AR-15 or the AK-47. And probably a little bit of a surprise for me, 64% of voters, this is general election, not primary voters, say these guns should be banned. And so I think, you know, what the gun advocates certainly and probably a lot of the the candidates for governor in this, uh, the Democratic side are going to say is there is clear support for a an assault weapons, a semi-automatic assault weapons ban. I wouldn't be surprised if you see this become a major issue on the campaign trail. Dan, this was too much fun. Thank you for coming in and talking about politics. I just love to go through lots of cross tabs with you. We've got our uh, charts out and we're ready to go. Want to know more about our poll? You can dig into all of the results at globe.com slash Rhode Island, and you can read Dan McGowan's latest column. Here are some more stories to check out at Globe Rhode Island. My colleague Alexa Gagas has a Q&A with a sugar sea kelp farmer who's the owner of Rhodey Wild Sea Gardens. And I have a story about which candidates the state Democratic Party endorsed at its annual convention. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Amy Padula. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport. Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.